0: Hey there. Hello. Welcome back to the Maniac Radio Show. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office in the great state of Maine, the state where we're known for lobsters, pine trees, and apparently now great white sharks, so that's that's horrifying. What isn't horrifying, or doesn't need to be, is it looking to the future. We have some very exciting things to look forward to here at the Wing, and you all should be pretty stoked about it. We're gonna get into some things to expect this weekend, some things to keep an eye out for, as well as congratulating a certain captain from FM. But first, Colonel Gillis, the Wing King himself, has stopped by for a convo. So grab a cold brew coffee and let's roll right into it. Colonel, thanks for doing this.
1: Well, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to speak to you and, and get the word out to the wing. Um, we've got a, a busy 18 months ahead of us and, uh, you know, wanted to take the opportunity to talk about that and, uh, kind of set the stage for, uh, where we are today, where we're heading in the the next 18 months and, uh, how, uh, the
0: entire wing can help us to get there. So aside from like, you know, cause you guys, uh, you know, every time we, not only will we have like a media day out or I hear you guys talk in front of a crowd when I say you guys, I mean, your command team, you guys are pitching as often as you can the strap plan, which I think is starting to really embed into people's heads. Cause I'm, I'm seeing it more and more now in other people's speeches and talks at promotion ceremonies, retirements, uh, elevator speeches. I am hearing it more and more, but other than the strap plan, what is, what, you know, what, what's in the strap plan? What's, uh, what's in store for us over these next 18 months? Like,
1: uh, so the, from a strategic perspective, the things that I, I think are in front of us are the KC 46 decision. Um, and that basing decision, uh, has been delayed somewhat. Um, and then the, the other piece I think that's important that we need to get after is this concept of ACE or agile combat employment. Um, and how that relates to what we do here at home station, how that relates to the Arctic, um, which is, you know, the, the new frontier, the new, uh, AOR that's just to our North. Um, and uh, so there's those two things um, are, are parts of the strategic plan that we have to continue to effort over the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Um, but I think more importantly is, is as we look at what's ahead of us, um, we have the NORI coming in August of 23. And that, uh, that's really a no-fail mission, right? I mean, we hear that all the time, that the, the nuclear mission is a no-fail mission. But, um, you know, I think it's important for the organization to know that if we stumble at the nori and we don't do well there, then everything else that we're talking about is in jeopardy. So, you know, as we look at what's ahead of us in the next 18 months, um, I think the nori nori, those exercises leading up to it and the nori, um, have to be pretty close to the top, uh, number one priority. Um, following right behind that though, is the KC 46 and the things that we're doing to posture ourselves for the KC 46. Um, you know that that's probably a close number two and then number three is that ace and the arctic uh stuff that we're trying to do um all vitally important all things that we need to get done but you know where you hit perhaps a drill weekend where they all collide together you know our first thing we're going to do is the nori we're going to do really well at that um once we get that taken care of then you know we look at kc46 type stuff um you know and then uh and then the arctic and the ace type stuff so um, all important all got to be done but you know at times we got to prioritize which one we're looking at right, right now
0: so for those who, who are listening um, whether it be you know new recruits or uh, prior servicemen or women uh, or or dependents what can you could you briefly explain sir what a nori is
1: so uh nori so we we accentuate the i at the end right uh, nuclear operational readiness inspection Uh, so that is where, um, a MAGCOM team, AMC team comes in and watches us, uh, execute an exercise, our local wing inspection team, our local IG is responsible for, for managing that event. Um, but we have these people from away that come in to, to kind of put the final stamp of approval on our ability to execute that mission. Um, we've had some units across the enterprise, um, active duty guard reserve that have stumbled at that, um, nor I in the last couple of years. Um, and it's not good. And, uh, we, we have reversed that trend here in the guard. Um, uh, McGee Tyson, uh, just did a fabulous job in their NORI. um, Pittsburgh is having their, uh, nor I this, uh, month. Um, and I expect that they will do well as, uh, as well. Um, but, uh, we, we need to make sure we do well at that.
0: Pittsburgh, are they are they in the running for the KC-46 as well? Yes. Oh, they are.
1: Yep, Pittsburgh. So um, let me say we believe that all unit-equipped KC-135 guard tanker units uh, will be in the running for the KC-46. Um, and that's probably a great segue. Um, I've had a number of members ask, hey, we thought we would be in the process for trying to figure out where the next base is going to be uh, put in the Guard for KC-46s. And indeed, we thought we'd be well into that process by now. But uh, for a number of reasons, that decision, the basing criteria even, um, haven't been decided upon. Um, I'm told that it sits with the DANG right now, uh, the Director of the Air National Guard, um, and he's awaiting a briefing on the basing criteria. From there, it has to go through... Half in Congress um, before it actually goes to you know the point where it gets actioned by the Guard Bureau. Um, Again, we thought that it was going to be this spring. Really, I think we're looking at late fall to maybe even early winter before that process will start. So, good news is um, we've got uh, you know some extra time here, and uh, you know that's one of the other things that I that we're going to kick off this drill weekend is. Uh, With that extra time, we're going to be asking every member of the wing to start looking at things um, and taking care of the things within their control. Um, Things like uh, individual medical readiness, EPRs, OPRs, uh, ancillary training, uh, fitness, all of those kind of things. Um, We want our members to look at their own statistics and be proactive. Um, If you look at the uh if you go onto my IMR um on online and you see that you have a dental due, well take that dental form to your dentist, get that done, get it in uh so that we can get that readiness number up. Um because those are all metrics that are going to be looked at when they start making decisions on the KC forty six and, and we wanna be as as well postured as we can be for that.
0: What what are some other uh what I'm going to say the word and I'm probably not going to use it right. So it's a 50-50 shot. I'll, I'll base it off of your expression when I say it. Lim facts it, it lim- limited factors. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the limb facts other than, other than readiness and and this nori, uh, sir, that that uh, that would that they would be looking at um, other than like your, your IMR stuff or your fitness? Is there manning? Uh,
1: so certainly manning is, uh, is a huge piece. And that's another one of those uh, things that we're asking our unit members to help with now um, manning can be twofold. Uh, you know, we need to get people in the door. We need to get new recruits in the door to uh, get our numbers up above 95% is kind of the industry standard. And we're sitting at about 93, 93 and a half right now. So we got a ways to go, uh, but also the known losses, right? If, uh, if we know that an airman, um, is getting close to ETS and they're thinking about not, uh, reenlisting, uh, you know, we need to talk to that airman, you know, maybe they're in an AFSC or a shop that's not a good fit for them. Um, Maybe they don't make a great maintainer. Um, Maybe they feel lost there. Well, maybe the PA office is a great place for them to go. Maybe uh, uh, the chapel assistant is a good thing for them to do or something like that. There are other jobs in the wing. So we'd like to keep those folks um, as best we can. So the, the recruiting and retention are so important to us.
0: What, what would you recommend for uh, um, our, our airmen, our maniacs to, like, if they hear, like, whether not even necessarily a supervisor, but like a, you know, um, let's say as a maintainer, you know, that, that may or may not have people, you know, that may or may not be in a supervisory role um, and they hear about someone who's looking to possibly get out or, or, um, at their, at their ETS, what would be a good route to, to maybe have that conversation with them to, to let them know, like exactly what you just said, hey, there's other, there's other, there's other opportunities out here.
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, number one is the, the wingman concept, right? You know, if, if, uh, a friend of yours, a fellow airman is, is thinking about getting out, um, have that conversation with them, uh, try and try and understand the reasons, right? Maybe it's just life in general, you know, it's time, time to move on. Okay. that that's one thing. But if it's, if it's something that's within our control, if, if it's a, um, you know, an AFSC mismatch or, um, you know, just doesn't like the job they're in, there's so many other jobs on base. Um, so starting that conversation, I think is important. And then, uh, getting them over to the retention office, uh, so that they can talk about it and see what opportunities exist. Uh, you know, there, there are so many other jobs uh, here in the main air garden and, and, you know, perhaps you don't realize that when you enlisted, you know, I'll use the maintenance example because that's where I came from. Uh, you know, you think that, ah, that's all we do is maintain airplanes. Well, there's so much more uh, to the organization than just airplanes. Uh, you know, civil engineering, uh, roads and grounds, plumbing, horizontal structures, all of that kind of stuff, security forces, uh, fuels distro, um, mechanic you know, you can go up and, and work on heavy equipment. You can work on vehicles. Um, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, you know, I, I I think at one point I did the math and and there's uh, 60, 80 uh, different AFSCs out here. So uh, there's probably something
0: that fits your bill. No, for sure. I, on a side note too, so I'm not trying to be rude. I was just looking at your questions and making sure we're covering them. I wasn't over here looking, Hey, what's going on in Facebook? Um, but, uh, yeah,
1: that, that's good. Cause I <laughs>
0: making, sure, making sure we're covering the bases. Um, and, uh, well let's, can we talk about, uh, getting back to the, the 40, the KC 46 or so? What is the, why is there, why are we pushing or striving to, um, to, to be awarded that, that airframe? What's, what's the big deal?
1: So, um, One, I think we've all kind of looked at what mission sets make sense for the main air guard and strategic location is huge for us. Um, we're at the tip of the Northeast of the United States. Um, so we're, we're closest to everything that's going overseas to Europe. We're also closest to, uh, the Arctic, you know, in our neck of the woods. Um, if you want to find the other closest, then you go all the way over to Alaska. Um, but you know, between the two of us, that's, that's where we, where we are. Right. And, uh, strategically speaking, what airframe makes sense to put in that location, you know, an air refueling asset. Um, we've been in that business since 1976. We've done uh, really well at it. Um, and we, we think it's our niche. Uh, so with that in mind what is the future of air fueling? And it's the kc 46. Um, you know, there, there are plenty of folks that approach me with, uh, you know, that concern about, Ooh, I've heard it's got problems with this. And I've heard it's got problems with that. No airframe in recent history has made it into the air force without having, uh, problems when it first
0: came in, it's probably not going away.
1: And I can guarantee you buying 179 of them that it's not going away. Um, the Air Force will fix it. Um, I was down uh, at NORAD Northcom at a conference back in May, um, and uh, Lieutenant General Pierce said, uh, hey, when, when the 46 comes online, if we need to change the way we do business in order to make that aircraft work in, in our mission set, then we will. Um, and so, you know, it is not a 135. It, it doesn't perform like a 135. It's a different airframe, but it's the future of air fueling. If you look at our airframes, they're very well maintained. Our guys and gals do a great job maintaining those aircraft. But if you if you look at the forms on those aircraft, there's a lot of issues with those aircraft that are being, you know, put off to be fixed. Whether it's supply issues that that the parts aren't available to get after the maintenance that needs to be done. Um, or it's just maintenance that needs to be done the next time it gets into depot. Um, you know, sure, the aircraft are safe. They're doing a great job. But but that need to maintain them is getting more and more. That maintenance burden is getting larger and larger. Um, and I've told folks that we don't want to be the last guard unit with a KC-135. Um, because as that as the KC-135 leaves the inventory, there's going to be less and less support for it. And it's going to be more and more difficult to maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd rather see the wing on the front edge of that KC forty six conversion than on the back edge.
0: Have you have you uh, have you flown uh, on one yet, sir?
1: I have not flown on a KC forty six. Um, we did have a few of our members that went uh, up with the uh, congressional delegation uh, orientation flight. Um, I have been down and, and toured an aircraft. Um, you know, Pease was gracious enough to to open their doors and allow a bunch of us to come down and get an orientation on them. Um, very, very cool airplane, very capable airplane. Um, again, we got to shift our mindset with how we employ it because it is a different airplane. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I probably won't see them, uh, here on the ramp in Bangor. Well, I will as I'm coming to the commissary. Yeah, yeah, Um, but you know, again, It's the future of air refueling, And if if we want the wing to be at the forefront, uh, we need to go that direction.
0: That's cool. Yeah, no, I I was lucky enough to be on, on that team that was down down in DC back in, what was that? January, I think. And, uh, I remember my first thought was, you know, I I got on the plane and I was like, this is like a, this looks like a Star Trek ship. Like it's so well lit. Like you can see everything, all the nice led lights. It's it's quiet. You and I are talking, can talk the way we're talking right now. It's like a commercial jet. It was so, um, opening. Then the, the flight crew were bragging about their, um, uh, galley, their onboard galley. And he's like, yeah, we cook pizza. We've cooked brownies and we cooked all. I was like, what? I was like, are you, are you messing with me? He goes, no, we, we can do it all. I was like, man, that's, that's cool. Uh, it, it was, it was very eye opening, And I, what I thought was neat. I think that because you mentioned multiple mission sets that I, I thought was kind of cool is that, um, I thought and I could be wrong, but it seems like the 46 has a, an onboard, like, um, stock inventory, uh, um, ambulatory kit ready to go. I thought that was really neat.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it's capable of rolling right into an air medical evac mission. Um, granted not a full uh, aircraft. Uh, I forget, um, you know, how many litter positions it is. I, I want to say off the top of my head, it's six litter positions that they have just stock on the aircraft. Mm. Um, you know, it's capable of doing uh probe and drogue refueling at the same time that it does boom refueling, or at least on the same mission, wow. um, which is a capability that we don't have in the 135. Um, and then it, you know, just its is general capabilities as far as communications go, um, you know, the radio suite that's on that aircraft, uh, you know, is by, by and large much greater than what we've got on the, uh, the KC-135 right now. So um, lots of capability and lots of things that help us do the national defense strategy things that we're involved in currently better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can we still do our mission with a 135? We certainly can um but the KC46 enables
0: us to do more and and better. Can, uh, can we do the how did, uh, that's one question I've actually been, it's been burning in my mind. Uh, can we do the the mission the arctic mission in the 135? Uh certainly can. Okay. Um
1: right. you know again it's it's a different platform how we would approach the arctic mission is probably different in the KC135 versus the KC46. Um the KC46 certainly uh, um enables us to self-deploy easier. Um, It's a much better cargo aircraft than the KC-135 is. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're still, you know, the the 46 is so new to the inventory that I don't know that, you know, the Air Force in general fully understands the pitfalls of, you know, operating that in any particular environment. Um, And I think that's one of the things that we want to tout as one of our abilities is that um, we can partner with Ps. Um, that's just to the south of us, and bring the KC-46 into the nuclear mission. Both of our units have, have got a long history in the nuclear mission. Um, we understand it very, very well, and you know, we think we could you know, help develop the procedures to, to operate that in the nuclear environment. Similarly, in the Arctic environment, I think the experience they have with the 46, our experience with operating up north, um, we pair that together uh, and we can develop the the procedures to operate that aircraft up in the high north too that 's cool
0: oh, that 's awesome what uh, you know with you guys um, working r- real closely and uh, w- with the recruiters and you're, you're, I'm, I would imagine you guys are probably getting weekly numbers and where we 're at with manning not to tie not to go back to manning but just real quick um, is it are we finding not only because we 're in a pandemic um, for the last Almost three years. Are you guys finding that it's 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 a challenge? Is that is that kind of a been an issue, or are we can kind of um, overcome that?
1: Challenge is the right word. Um, I don't think it's a. It's certainly not a can't do. Um, it's become more of a challenge. Uh, our recruiting team. Um, we've tried to uh, certainly help them out. Um, the team is is getting a little refresh right now with some fresh recruiters coming in. Um, which is a good thing. You know, recruiting is a tough job. Mm. And uh, certainly I don't think it's anything that can be a career for most people. Uh, So we're actively trying to get folks, you know, fresh folks in there to keep that enthusiasm and momentum going. Um, I looked at the numbers just this morning. Uh, We've got 66 uh, folks that have enlisted uh, this year, uh, new enlistments. And we've got another 38 um, that they're actively working. Uh, So that's, you know, as we go into the last two months of the fiscal year, that's a pretty good place to be. Um, you know, certainly we'd like to close out the year with about a hundred new enlistments. Uh, and we're we're real close to that. Um, so uh let's let's hope we can finish strong here um and, and get there. But uh, COVID is a challenge, but we're finding new ways to to work around that.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that. And, I, and just with you guys, again, um, going back to that, your command team, um, something different that has, you know, not to say the past The previous command teams didn't engage like this, but you guys have been um, engaging with PA, for example, pretty hard um, with, with, with media days um, and, and uh, and getting our story out. And I just popped my head in this morning and talked to, talked to Brittany real quick and said, Hey, I just want to say thanks for doing those two interviews last week. It's not fun. Nobody like, I don't like doing it. I know that I like being on the other side of the camera where I'm filming. I don't like, I don't like talking. Um, But she said that she's had four yesterday that called. Asking about the recruitment bonus, which is what one of those stories about she was. I can't help but think that maybe their parents saw it on TV, or they, you know, they themselves saw it on TV, and, and they're reaching out to find out how they can get twenty thousand dollars to join. Which, so I thought that was pretty cool, you know, because I don't, I don't watch the news; I'll read it, but or I'll see highlights, or I'll get it from social media or something. But, um, but that's been kind of neat. So you guys have been get engaging and seeing the value into into pushing our story out and getting getting it out more because most people are on their phones now and seeing that stuff on Facebook and.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, perhaps, a a little bit more heightened awareness. Um, and those media engagements are, are not just targeted at recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that com- community involvement piece too? You know, some of the stories that, that you've put out, um, are based on, you know, probably have very little recruiting value, but Hey, this is something the maniacs are doing for the community. Um, and community awareness is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, we were a hometown Air Force, right? We mm-hmm. we come from the civilian populace. It's not like active duty where, you know, we're stuck on a base all by ourselves. Um, we live, work in the community. So having that community connection is huge. Um, and, you know, certainly there's recruiting value to it, but just the fact that the community knows we're here um, and capable and ready to, to assist the community. Uh, General Farnham was talking about that this morning on a call we had that, um, you know, we should be taking some time here to look back at all that we've done with COVID, um, and the state active duty and the 502F orders, um, supporting the state. That was a huge lift, um, that the main air guard had a huge piece in, mm-hmm. um, and we need to celebrate that and, and remember that, you know, it's easy to, for that to get lost as we kind of move forward, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that community involvement piece, you know, making sure that everybody in the community understands that we're here not only to help the defense of the nation, but to support the state of Maine too. Uh, so those media events are are huge, and uh, you know, it's it's
0: good for us too to get the name out there. Whether it's PA or it's um, recruiting, pushing stuff out on their social media pages, you know, I can. It only goes far, so far when Andy Sinclair or Brittany McHugh says something. But you know, as the wing commander, what would you say? Would you encourage our wing wing members to share that content so we get more eyes on it?
1: Oh, certainly. Um, and that's, that's part of it too, right? Is the, um, you know, I'm, I'm an old dog. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like to read things in print. Um, I like to see things on, on, uh, the television news. Um, but I realize that most of our airmen and most of the people that that we are recruiting from don't, don't do that. So, you know, we need our members to help us get the word out. Um, and in fact, um, Colonel Brown had posted something on her Facebook story about the bonus. And one of the media events actually occurred from that posting. Um, so that just goes to show you that, you know, when you share something like that on your own Facebook feed, um, it, it gets seen, it gets recognized and it, it helps us. So, um, again, I go back to, you know, those things that we're going to ask our airmen to go out and help us with. That, that would be one of them uh, is helping us with recruiting when you share a story, when you share a link, you know, that may be the thing that sparks an interest in somebody and and gets them to come in and talk.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That's, you see it all the time. And I know just looking at analytics on our, our social media pages too, it's like, it's, you know, it's kind of neat because it will break it down sometimes in age groups or genders or locations or, um, and, uh, it used to be a very specific demographic that would, that would kind of track what we're putting out. And now between the podcasts and videos and news links and written stories and photos and whatever, um, you know, they, they uh, it's kind of ranging from all over um, different age groups for sure. Like teenagers all the way up to, you know, folks in their mid seventies that are reading this stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, You know, there's that funny joke going around that the older generations don't understand social media, but I guess we don't need them to understand it. We just need them to, to they, they read it and they see it. And I've had, I've had multiple people, spouses come up to me and say, Hey, you, are you the guy who does the, the podcast? And we said, yeah. Like I was, I was like, really? Like you listen to the, the wing podcast. That's kind of, that's kind of cool. I guess I, I appreciate it. But so you never know who's listening, who's reading and who's sharing and who's watching. And, um, it's kind of neat that way. Uh, what, what do you, uh, Colonel, what do you need from us? What do you have a, you have a charge, uh, maybe not, maybe not necessarily in the long run, but maybe just, um, maybe in the long run or slash this weekend about what you want, um, from us, like a, a maybe a motivational sentence or two. Um,
1: uh, so, you know, certainly this weekend, um, we're looking at the, the NORI, right. We're preparing for the NORI and trying to get a good inspection and exercise out of the way. So, uh, remember I said the NORI is kind of our top priority followed immediately by the 46 followed by ACE in the Arctic. Um, so, you know, that's the number one we, we got to pay attention to that, um, and really get after it this weekend, uh, knock the rust off and, and get ready for, uh, for the follow on exercises, um, for folks that, uh, perhaps aren't really engaged. Uh, you know, there'll be some folks that are really engaged on Friday. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday are relatively quiet. There are going to be some folks that don't have much to do on Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, they're very busy. What I would ask is that when you have that downtime, uh, take a look um, at what Colonel Decker is calling the, the G7. I'm not sure I'm excited about that name. I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, but it's, it's the Gillis 7. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it's the seven things that any airman can help us with. Um, and you're probably going to put me on the spot to try and name all seven. And I I don't think I can do that, that. we can, uh, that's going to go out in, in print and be available. Um, we're looking to put QR codes to it so that you can just go right to the, right to the link. Um, but things like IMR, you know, you have a minute this weekend, take a look at your own IMR. And when there's something on there that you can fix, I need to get, you know, a flu shot. We'll go get your flu shot. Not that it's flu season. Um, Maybe it's a dental form that you need to get to get your IMR up to speed. Well, take that form to your dentist, get that taken care of. The things that are in your control help us take care of. Mm -hmm. Um, And that'll allow leadership to focus on the other, the big strategic things, the things like the KC-46, the things like um, Arctic and agile combat employment in the Arctic, um, if we can focus on those things while the rest of the wing is focusing on that stuff that's in their control, we can move the statistics in a, in a positive manner and better position the wing for, for whatever comes next, the KC-46, new missions, and that kind of stuff. Um, other things, um, again, the, the G7 includes uh, IMR, EPRs, OPRs, uh, fitness assessments, uh, ancillary training, uh, recruiting and retention, um, things of that nature. Um, and again, it's that stuff that's in your control and maybe it's for the recruiting piece. Maybe it's just posting to your storyboard that we have bonuses available. Um, maybe it's, uh, you know, if you're, uh, involved in a, in a local school or something like that, that you're talking to the guidance counselors and, and helping us get into those schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but actively engaging to, to get those seven, important metrics moved in the right direction uh, so that, I think that's my charge. Um, you'll hear more about that over the coming months. Um, we'll probably hit it again in September um, and folks if we can move the needle in a positive direction on those seven um, in the next couple of months then we'll we'll pick the next seven important metrics uh, to get after um, but again if our airmen are all taking care of the stuff that's within their control, Then it allows leadership to get after the other things.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Um, And we can move in a positive direction. Oh, that's awesome. Did you see that That was even was that unrehearsed? Did you have that in your mind already? Because that sounded like it was like you were reading off a teleprompter in your mind. (laughs) I'll get with Colonel uh, Colonel Decker and I'll I'll put um, I'll list those in the description of this podcast, so people actually have eyes on what the. G7.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not so sure I like the G7 (laughs) moniker, but, uh, unfortunately I think it's grown legs and
0: and it is what it is. So he was the innovative officer, right? For a little while. So maybe it's his innovative name. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, and, and again, hopefully, you know, the, the goal is that those links are right there readily available for you to go out and check out your IMR to check out the status of your EPR, your OPR. Um, you know, and, and granted, I understand that that's something that your supervisor should be doing, but your supervisor needs help. Yeah. You know, help them get your EPR, uh, through the process. Uh, don't let, you know, the reason it didn't get done that it was sitting on your, uh,
0: to-do list. Yeah, no, for sure. And actually that brings up a good point. I, I, for those who are listening that want to know easy access to get to those, you can get to those from you, from the app as well. So, um, you might have to have your CAC reader, um, onto your, into your phone. I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure there, but, um, but you can access it. So, you know, you don't have to drive in 45 minutes to get on a government computer um, and risk the network being down or something. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah, is there anything else you'd like to add, sir? Anything you can think of?
1: No. Um, I, I think I'd probably end on the fact that, um, you know, there, there are other units buying for the KC-46. Um, I would tell uh, anyone that I think the main air guard is a place that we need to put those aircraft. If you look at national defense strategy um, and what the nation needs to support uh, the defense of the homeland, strategic location is incredibly important. Um, And, you know, here on, in the East and the Northeast, there is no better place uh, to put a KC-46. That's awesome. Uh, So I think the future is bright. We need to get through this basing process. And again, you know, folks thought it would be well underway. Uh, I think it'll get underway here, December timeframe. But, we don't want to rest on, uh, on waiting for that time to come. Let's take this opportunity to get after all of the stuff that we can, we can improve upon, uh, to put our best foot forward for the KC 46. So, um, appreciate everything that everybody's doing to, to get the mission done, um, we've got a lot of things that we're doing really, really well. Let's get after the things that maybe aren't so great. Um, and, uh, we'll be ready to move into the future.
0: Roger that. It sounds good to me, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Big takeaways, or as the intellectuals say, bottom line and up front, KC-46, IMR, everyone is a recruiter, don't drink and drive. We actually didn't talk about that last one, but I'm pretty sure it's probably a given. Congrats to Captain Andrea Garland on her recent promotion to Captain. We're pretty sure she operates at a level much higher than an O3 so we're all very excited to see her move up the chain to one step closer to Vice Wing Commander. Congrats, Captain, and thank you for your leadership. We do have a nori this weekend. Please don't post updates on social media. Aunt Clarence doesn't need to know. Trust me, it can wait. That's it. Everyone stay safe as we close out the summer months. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, all that jazz. Help us help you get the word out. All right, goodbye.